Welcome to another episode of Impolite Company, a show where we discuss all the things that you're not supposed to talk about in polite company. We talk about politics, religion, and all the other things that truly matter. And now, here's your host, Scott Wingerter. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Impolite Company. I'm your host, Scott Wingeter. Today on the show, we have Esther Lum, who is a former attorney, and she's running for the mayor of Shenandoah. Esther, welcome so mu- welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, thank you, Scott, for having me. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Who are Who is Esther? Yeah, I uh, practiced law for uh, 25 years in Houston. I worked for mostly oil and gas related companies, and I retired in 2014. And the following year, I moved to Shenandoah. And uh, I never thought I was going to get involved in politics. I I prefer being a private citizen. Being a public figure is tough. Mm -hmm. But for me, what changed is 2021. And we started seeing what was happening all across the country. And I started going to city council meetings a lot more. Uh, what What I saw was that I, I would speak up about certain things, and I didn't always feel like the government was listening. And, you know, a number of things happened. We'll get into more detail later, but that the, the short answer is that's kind of what prompted me to run for office. I see. Awesome. So let's just jump right into this. What are the major issues that are facing your community? Well, population is exploding in Montgomery County, mm-hmm. and Shenandoah is right we're also exploding we have about 3500 residents we're go- in about 2 or 3 years we will double that because of there's four multifamily uh units that are being built or just recently completed mm. so that's going to put a real strain on traffic mobility and you know with more people potentially more crime mm-hmm. we've also had an explosion of uh, catalytic converter thefts and I, I've been reading the police blotters every week. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you see the same location. Um, it's bad. I mean, there was even a recent article in Houston about that problem and what they're going to try now. To, they've they got to figure out some other things to do to stop it. Yeah, a police officer was just shot here in Houston. He was, you know, came out, uh, I think, from a grocery store and uh, a couple of thugs were trying to steal his Cadillac converter and he got shot and killed over it. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a serious problem all across the the area here. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so you have this uh, report that you gave me. Your top ten actions for the first ninety days, if you were to be elected, do you want to do you want to jump into that? Yeah, um, I do. One of the first things I want to do is um, d- focus on the budget because one of my themes is spending, taxing, and debt. Mm-hmm. That's affecting everybody. Yeah. So. What I, my thinking on the budget is it needs, I, I would focus on that budget review and it's coming up in August, but we need to seriously tighten that process. What's happening now is there are trickle down amendments to the budget kind of almost throughout the year. And that's not good for us. We need one, one budget review, maybe a, a mid-year review. Mm -hmm. And then if there is a true emergency, it should be rare. But just at the end of March, uh, 
we had a vote in city council and it was three two so it was pretty close but it was an across the board pay raise for city staff and you know the the rationale that we were given as citizens was well you know people were quitting they they needed to they needed to become competitive but i you know if it's not an emergency i didn't think it was those things they that's why you have a budget review a budget workshop so that's one of the first things that i want to uh, look at and then i have bidding down there too looking mm -hmm. at these bids because uh, I think maybe we can get a little bit more competitive in that process. That also affects the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I find that difficult to believe that, d especially with the, the way that the economy is right now, the tax rates are already through the roof, uh, and the city decides that they're going to give an across-the-board pay raise to, uh, you know, city The employees. city staff, yeah. They, they had the hourly staff and the exempt staff, both. And rather than address the problem, maybe, you know, individually with, I, I think some hourly workers were uh, having a hard time. So rather than dealing with that, they just voted to do the across the board. Now, to be fair, two members of council did say th they didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I credit them for standing up on that. But what surprised me was when you looked at the pay scale, the exempt employees, the top one, a hundred and seventy some thousand dollars uh, is their top end for a small city like ours. Mm -hmm. The governor of Texas makes a hundred and fifty some thousand. State district judges a hundred and fifty some thousand. A congressman makes a hundred and seventy four thousand. Well, there mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, all right. Let's jump in. So, you seem to be really interested in touching base with your constituents. Yeah. My theme, yeah, I, I want to have town halls. Mm -hmm. um, we were promised those town halls. Uh, we had maybe, I don't know, a couple. I, 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 I really don't know, but we need them regular. I, I want to have two or three every year because that's where you can really hear what is on people's minds. Mm -hmm. And my theme is listen and take action. What is happening or what has happened a lot is the discontent and the frustration is being expressed on Facebook. That's not a good venue because all you get is just, you get a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. you, you want, if there's genuine concerns, you want it to be in a venue where you can actually do something about it. And that's why I think town hall is, is great because you also get a, a mix of ideas, you know, it's not just one. And sometimes this happens to me, you know, somebody will say something, I'll think, hmm, I hadn't thought of that before. So, okay, maybe, maybe there is something. But in Facebook, you, you, you're dealing with like a little echo chamber mm -hmm. most of the time. And the people just recycle the same complaints yeah. and, you, and it goes nowhere. You either have to pay the troll or fight it, right? Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. You want to establish hours at City Hall for resident and business interaction, another reaching out to constituents. Yes. Um, I'm retired, so I can afford to put the time in, and I'm willing to do it because I think it's important. You know, I, 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 I felt frustration in reaching out to city officials at different times throughout the year where you'd send an email and you didn't get a response. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just didn't get a response. So I want this process to be much more open. And I want people to feel like, hey, 
they're there, and that's what elected officials are there for. They are servants. Mm-hmm. To me, taking this job would be taking a step down from a citizen because now I have to listen to all the citizens, whereas mm-hmm. before I could speak as I desired. And mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a servant job. Right. No, I, I think you've nailed that exactly. Yeah. Uh, this, I think, is another important role for somebody who is going to be in your position as a mayor is to meet with all of your city employees. For sure. And there's been so much, there's been so much, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but maybe fear and whatever going on probably with these city, you know, anytime there's a change in the mayor's office uh, or, or the council offices, there's, you know, to be fair, some apprehension, maybe they don't know what I'm about. And I was recently on Facebook and somebody had said, well, you know, you don't have the authority to fire or hire employees or consultants because I talked about cutting consultants or looking at those costs as a way to trim the budget. Mm -hmm. And my response was, of course, I don't have that power. But uh, one thing I have demonstrated in past council meetings is there was a proposal to uh, have an ordinance and delete the requirement for for a city uh, for the city to document the reasons when someone was terminated. Mm. Now I just saw that and I was like, no, that's this. You know, if you're going to terminate somebody, you need to document the reasons. That's what the ordinance says. Mm-hmm. And why would you change that? And I've spoken about t- that twice. So I think my record is pretty clear. I'm not wanting to go in there and fire I can't fire a bunch of people that's not my you know but I do want to talk with people and I want to understand what the issues are yeah you're not trying to go in there and just overturn the apple cart right away you're trying to understand what the issues are and see how you can best address them yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, roundtable with business owners you want to schedule roundtable with business owners focused on pro- proactive crime prevention and other business issues yeah, I went to, well, you know, Shenandoah is very unique. Mm-hmm. It's got residences, uh, a lot of single family on the west side, but a lot of uh, businesses on the east side. And that's a tremendous revenue stream for the city. Mm-hmm. So I, in my campaign trails, I went over to the east side, talked to some of the hotel owners and other business owners just to see what was going on with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, amazingly, a lot of the hotels had the exact same problem with crime. Hmm. And so, and they have other concerns too with, you know, different ordinances. And so I said, well, I think what you guys, what we should do is have some round tables. You put your heads together and they, some of them had already thought of a couple things that they could do kind of in conjunction with SPD. Now, I, you know, I don't want to say what those are because I don't want to tip off any criminals that could be watching. Oh, sure, But I, I thought, you know, this is a great way to put the community in touch with SPD kind of just on a regular basis. I don't know how often we'll have them, but... It's such a buzzword today, uh, community policing, uh, and it, I, obviously it can mean uh, a whole bunch of different things, but when you get down to the brass tacks of what actual true community policing is, I think that it is probably unquestionably the best practice uh, in, in, a, especially a small town like yours is you need to get the police and the community together to proactively 
prevent crime and to be united uh, as one. And I love that idea. Yeah. And they used to do this thing called coffee with cops. And Mm -hmm. I went to one or two of them, but, and then they sort of discontinued it. And I said, well, why? And I was told, well, you know, people just weren't showing up. So, you know, this idea of the business roundtable, getting those ideas out there and then bringing the police department in, uh, maybe that's just another way. It's I'm not stuck to any one way of doing things, but I love the idea of uh, brainstorming. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. Um, you, the permit process, you want to review the permit process and advance reform measures uh, as necessary. Again, it sounds like you're not trying to go in and overturn the apple cart right away, but you want to take a look at the process and see if it can be improved. Is that right? Yeah. On the campaign trail, I talked to a lot of people who were not happy with the permitting process. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has the same experience, but I think there's redundancy there um, because there's three sections of our city that have to get permits from the Woodlands and Shenandoah. Mm. I, I mean, that needs to just end. Um, I'm not sure exactly. And I, I, I know they've worked on it, but I don't think we've got the solution yet. But the other aspect is so many of the homes in Shenandoah are old. I mean, it could be the next West University mm-hmm. in this, you know, up here. And so we need to have a very clear streamlined permit process that's not antagonistic to the residents you know we don't we don't want city hall and the residents to be constantly at odds we we need that process to work for for both sides mm-hmm. awesome yeah quest is a a charter school is that right yeah quest is a, a public charter school that's now got over 300 maybe getting close more to 400 students it used to be this very small private school and mm-hmm. it's on the main street in that we have in our city which is wellman road in the residential area mm-hmm. so uh, this was another thing that kind of got me involved in city politics uh when this school it, it just opened last year i believe and so at three o'clock in the afternoon, you, this is a two lane road. Mm -hmm. So you would have cars parked in the street waiting. And I I found it to be just amazing because there's a city pool parking lot across the street. There's a church right next door. And that pastor said, Hey, if you know, they can park here. Mm -hmm. And, but we, we kept running into roadblock after roadblock and I did not, to me, this was such a simple fix, even though those two things probably would be temporary fixes. Sure. So the first complaints about this started in September of last year, and it's gotten somewhat better, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't been fixed. (laughs) So, I mean, that's why I put that on. Yeah, when you have the main road of of your town just congested with parents picking up kids that that is i'm sure laborious right and when it was discussed at city hall um there was comments that were made like well you know a school zone is supposed to be inconvenient uh when i heard that i i I shook my head because it's not about the inconvenience it's about public safety Mm -hmm. there's kids running across the street it's also about traffic i mean with a two-lane road you don't have a lot of options. No, no, absolutely not. So 
I think one of the perhaps long-term options for that particular issue would be to get with the commissioner's court. And uh, that brings me into the next uh, item on your list, number nine, meet with the government officials and local partner agencies to foster positive relationships and open communications to discuss questions, comments, concerns, including mobility. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a key. And um, one thing that you'll hear from other people running for office that have that are already in office is that well you know there's established relationships and and that's great and I don't have a problem with that but I'm a newcomer and I meet people in my practice of law I met people all the time new people and uh, I think I have one of I have the skills Mm -hmm. to uh, communicate and so I don't see that as a as a a minus at all for me. I think I can meet and talk with people and just cut to the bottom line. I'm mm-hmm. not one to uh, to drag out. I, in fact, I don't like that when something is drug out for a long time when it doesn't need to be. No, and I think that, uh, the, you know, I know most of the county commissioners. I know, you know, James Nowak. I know Mark Keogh. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, those guys w- would be happy to work with, with you and, and especially with traffic issue because that's something that's affecting not just Shenandoah, but all of Montgomery County, as you you know alluded to right at the beginning of this, our population is booming in such a way that like, you know, I moved here in 2014 as well. And, you know, there were, it was almost like I lived in the forest and now all the trees are cut down out yeah. here in Magnolia and the traffic is getting ridiculous. And we do need to have, start thinking proactively about these issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Finally, you want to um, talk about how you're um, going to address that very issue with planning and zoning. and uh, yeah. yeah, I think planning and zoning and municipal development district, those are two um, entities that meet regularly at City Hall. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to see is uh, maybe have those meetings broadcast on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, openings for that um, the publicized so that we can get people involved. One thing that impressed me on the campaign trail was I met so many qualified people mm. in our city. I mean, two retired judges, a lawyer, a doctor, uh, stay-at-home moms, but mm. they're, they're paying attention, sure. uh, engineers, retired people, I mean, business owners, executives, all kinds of people. And we, we have a huge talent pool in our city, and it's not being utilized because there there seems to be with some of the status quo mindset uh, that, you, you know, you need to work your way up to run for office. So mm-hmm. I caused quite a ruckus when I stepped in because I had none of those yeah. uh, qualifications. And, well, you know, it is what it is. So. Hey, that's okay. I love ruckus. <laughs> I have a show. It's called Impolite Company. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I want to see these people. I want to encourage people to run. And... We, we heard the comment a few days ago that, you know, people don't want to run because, the you know, it's so nasty, it's so negative, the campaigning. Um, I, I will agree that campaigning, it has been negative at times. But I see, I see this kind of two ways. The political process mm-hmm. is tough, it's, but it's a pathway. Mm-hmm. The end result is good government. Yes. And citizen-run government. So... If you have to go through that pathway of the political whatever to get there, you just put on your armor every day and you go through it and you you make that your goal. Amen. Yeah. 
I love that. So, so, so I want to see people, I mean, I want to blaze a trail for people like me that, mm-hmm. Hey, I moved here. Do I have to spend three years on planning and zoning to run for office? No, you don't. If you do your homework and you research and you pay attention to what's happening, uh, you have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we want. That's what America is all about. I mean, I, I'm not, not that I'm running for president, but I'm qualified to be president of the United States. You know why? I'm an American citizen and I'm 35 years older. You there, know? Yeah. So there you go. You know, that's it. That's the idea of self-government. So. Yes. <laughs> and we have had in Shenandoah way too many uncontested elections. Yeah. I can't tell you how many, but I, I've seen it and I, it's a long history and it's not, that's not something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, in fact, in this race, we got one that's uncontested. And uh, I think, you know, how can you, how can you improve mm-hmm. and grow if you're just listening to the same voices all the time, over and over? Well, it's the very, I mean, it is our motto, our national motto, e pluribus unum. Right. How do you get both unity and diversity? You know, it's a, that's a challenging idea in of itself, but I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. Yeah, there is a built-in tension, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. Otherwise, we would all be robots. Right. And there's so many people that have complained on Facebook and said, well, you know, it's just too, I'm so tired and sick of hearing all of this stuff. If you, if you stay focused on the issues, mm-hmm. debate is healthy. And in the legal practice, I mean, for 25 years, you know, I'm dealing, whether it's with contracts or actually in a courtroom, mm-hmm. in a trial, you're dealing with two different sides. So you always have to look and, and think about how are you going to find that common ground, yeah. that starting point, and then go from there. Right. And it will work out. I mean, it always does. Yeah. So let's, let's hop into this. How would you describe your politically, uh, excuse me, how would you describe your political philosophy? I'm a staunch conservative. I mean, I'm a constitutionalist. I believe in free speech. I believe in so many things that we are seeing right now, they're completely eroded or they're being intentionally crushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree with that. I mean, the Constitution was a brilliant document. And if we would follow it, I mean, it's so laws are useless if people don't follow them. Mm-hmm. I mean, why even have the laws if you're, if people don't abide by the laws? And so we're seeing way too much uh, intentional dismantling of foundational principles that have, they have worked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but free speech is part of that. I mean, if you don't have all the information, you're not going to see the big picture. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think free speech, especially like right now is almost probably the number one issue out there in the headlines. Uh, in fact, as soon as we're done with this show, tune in to my next episode, my monologue episode, where I'm going to talk about uh, all of that, those issues, free speech, uh, and you know how that's affecting the, the body politic. Um, but I agree with you 100%, and that's yeah. fantastic. Okay, so last, last question. Okay. Why should people of Shenandoah vote for Esther Lum? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but I'd say the number one reason is if you want somebody who's going to listen to you and take action, if you want somebody who's going to come in with a new set of ideas um, and and not say the the status quo, you know, it it is what it is, but we need somebody that's going to say, hey, why, when we look at this budget, what can we cut? I mean, 
I don't want to hear that, well, you know, we've always had this and we've always had that. We're living in unprecedented times. So we need to take a look at the budget and spending. We need to cut taxes. Uh, personally, I don't think debt is healthy. Our debt is very high compared to other cities our size. And uh, I'm puzzled as to why that's the case, because we have, unlike those other cities, we've got a revenue stream they don't have. So I, I think debt is, um, it's never good. Uh, it's necessary sometimes, but whatever we can do to reduce it and look long-term, that's, that's where my vision is. Now, the mayor doesn't vote um, and unless there's a tie. So the mayor does set policy. The, I mean, the, the mayor sets the agenda. So I can be more policy-focused. Um, and, and so that's why people should vote for me. Awesome. If they agree with, you know, if what I'm saying resonates with people, then vote accordingly. Awesome. Esther, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. It was great to have you. Okay, well, thank you, Scott. Yeah, and good luck on your race. And when when is the election? Well, we ha the election day is May 7th, which is Saturday, mm -hmm. but um, we have early voting going on the Friday, Saturday before that, and then Monday and Tuesday before that. Awesome. So make sure you get out and vote, uh, and uh, thanks so, again so much for coming on, Esther. Okay. Appreciate you. Thank you, Scott. All right. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Impolite Company. We'd like to thank our host, The Doc Line uh, Studios, for giving us this wonderful opportunity in this wonderful space, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Impolite Company, presented by The Doc Line. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate our podcast and leave a five-star review for us.